from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obias. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. NC State stacking up nice wins. And the Georgia Tech in the grand scheme of things isn't a, what is a Q3 win. But still, keep winning. And give the uh, give the NCAA fewer excuses to keep you out of the NCAA tournament. They're currently 25th in net. I still don't know what the net is made up of. It's a sorting tool, so we know that much. And it's setting up for an interesting matchup against North Carolina. Winners last night against Boston College. We'll tell you about that a little bit more coming up. Let's log on to the internet. What's Trending is brought to you by GEICO. we got a number of ways you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online at geico.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest you. Let's get it. Tim Brewster's 62 years old. He has coached at North Carolina, Texas, Mississippi State, Minnesota, Florida State, Texas A&M, Florida, North Carolina again, Jackson State, and now Colorado. Man, that's a resume. You'll have to forgive him if he thinks it's still 1978. Because that's about all I can think of when I hear Tim Brewster, by the way, who has no bona fides as a coach, walk into a room of 18 to 22 year olds and talk to them like this. When I say stand tall, okay, I want you bouncing out of your seat and stand tall. When I say stand tall, get your ass up. Stand tall. Sit your ass back down. Well, sure. We, we, we coming. We, we coming. coming. We. What? Sure, we're coming. We coming. Surely this will send Colorado on their way to like all of the other successful stops that Tim Brewster's had in his Look, career. Man. Look, it's hmm. hmm. One, I, I got to imagine that, and this is not a new phenomenon, but I'm, I'm guessing there are instances where players, after these meetings, they kind of go through the motions and then behind the scenes are like, can you get a load of that guy? So that's issue number one. Issue number two, it's early yet, but I do wonder how much of what's going on at Colorado is a reality show and how much of it is actually, are, you know, are you... Somebody needs to actually coach the team. At some point, maybe turn the cameras off and actually coach them. It's one look. He was clearly successful. Deion Sanders was. Deion Sanders was clearly successful at Jackson State. And I'm not. You don't see him going in there and pulling this nonsense. No, he is because there's the the no, no. There was stand up, sit down. There was there was another video that was coming out today where you know he's leading a prayer and doing all this other stuff. This stuff is clearly meant to be consumed online and showing you where the program is. Are you telling me that Deion Sanders doesn't approve of the Tim Brewster stuff getting out there online and becoming viral? Again, I'm not. I don't know if this is going to work at this level is old, what I'm getting at. Old white guy yelling at a room full of young black guys. I, and I don't know if that plays in 2023, Jim. I don't really know. I don't really know. Again, at Jackson State, because the stakes at the HBCUs are not the same at the stakes at the Power Five, and it becomes an interesting story. And Deion Sanders can be viewed as a disruptor this way, which he absolutely parlayed into plenty of media stuff. And I'm, again, I'm not knocking the game. I don't want people to misinterpret what I'm saying as though I'm being a hater of Deion sure. Sanders. But at some point, I think it's fair to question, 
is Deion Sanders going to be running a football program or is it going to be a made for social media reality show? There's a very there's a it's a very nuanced line here because you look at how other programs have done this too. Clemson was one of the first movers on social media and made it up a big thing and everybody in the ACC was playing catch up. And now you see all the social media departments at the various ACC schools pump out content every day. But the content is more about the players, the vibe, the fans, the traditions, those types of things. We saw how this played out last year at Duke for basketball, where the coach really became the main character. How'd that play out? Not great. And I understand that in college athletics, the head coaches end up kind of being the main character, but not in the form of online stuff. Deion Sanders might be that main character for online stuff, and I'll be curious to see how it plays out. I'm just, again, it's a grand experiment, and I don't know the answer of how that's going to work, but I, I, I'm i already starting to see some tendencies that I'm going to be curious to see how they play out at the P5 level versus at Jackson State, which this is not a knock on Deion Sanders and Jackson State. It's how we view Jackson State in totality on the national level. People didn't really take Deion Sanders seriously when he got there, and it only became a thing when he was taking recruits, and it became this big hysteria of, what does this mean? Now we'll see how this plays out at this level. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. We don't have the ACC football schedule yet, but Notre Dame did release their schedule, and they do play ACC squads, and wouldn't you know, Transfer quarterback Sam Hartman, leaving Wake Forest to join the Fighting Irish, is going to be making some return dates to the Triangle. One of them will be at Carter-Finley Stadium, that's what, September 9th, and then they're going to be playing Duke. Wake Forest actually goes to Notre Dame, so there will be a lot of conversation about his old team versus his new team and everything else. But I did want to bring something up as it relates to a conversation we had with West Durham, ACC Network in the last hour and if you missed that conversation you can check it out on the best of the og podcast i get why sam hartman after years at wake forest wanted a change of scenery and really wanted to put his stamp on an nfl career like changing where you are and playing at notre dame is going to give you a higher profile yeah he's getting nil money too he's getting nil money but but let's also not forget about what sam hartman ultimately wants to go to do right he wants to go play in the nfl right right i I think as a sixth-year player, yeah, he has an opportunity to make what one hundred, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. It's the same premise as Devin Leary going to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe you make the NFL, but Sam Hartman's not the biggest dude in the history of the world. He's doesn't not. have the biggest arm in the history of the world. His opportunity to play professional football is probably the XFL. Okay, so so or the USFL. That's not bad. But you're not going to make two, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars at Notre Dame the way that he is going to next year. But I do think there's a NIL clearly factors into where you go. But playing at Notre Dame is going we'll to help. enter you into a conversation yeah. you never would have gone into at, at Wake Forest because of the offense that you run too. Not only it's the size of the school and who talks about you and your availability on television, but it's also the offense. And while it absolutely works for Dave Clawson, there's not exactly a lot of people running the mesh in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just kind of curious if if things uh, you know get a little more gets a little more burn because he's at Notre Dame in terms of his NFL prospects. Next up, 
All right, let's flash back to 2009 when North Carolina was the number one team in the country and just absolutely blitzing its way to the national championship. Tyler Hansborough was the player of the year. In over in Raleigh, the number one recruit in high school was John Wall. John Wall was being pursued by, famously, NC State, Duke, some Carolina, Baylor, and John Calipari. Not Kentucky, because Calipari was still at Memphis at the time. He was being recruited by John Calipari. Ultimately, he decided to go play for Calipari at Kentucky. We hadn't heard this quite version of the story, though, about the time John Wall went to a game at Carolina and the star, Tyler Hansborough, according to Wall, snubbed him. I wanted to go to Carolina. That's my dream school. Tell you the story about that. A lot of people don't know that. They was the only one that could have got me not to go play for Coach Cal. Because my mom had, cause my mom had got sick, had an aneurysm in her hair, so she had to shave half her head ball. So I'm like, man, I can't leave home. Like, I got to stay close. That's my best friend. And there was like NC State then. Carolina already fucked up, so I was going to go to NC State if I was going to do it. But I'm like, man, I can't go to school from here to the to the refrigerator. I ain't going to never be on campus. I'm going to be at home with, the, with my guys. So I go on a visit. Tyler Lawson and him there. Tyler Hansberg got his own section. Him and like homeboys. I'm a little recruit. I walk up and say, what up? He said, I don't talk to recruits. I was like, fuck you. I ain't never, I ain't coming here. That was that fuck up right there. You might need to smack Tyler Hansberg. No, that shit. I really went up to shake his hand. You know, he, he national player of the year, just won a championship today. I'm like, damn, I want to talk to Tyler Hansberg. He like, you from North Carolina, you watching Tyler Hansberg. He like, this a star. Like, to us, oh, like, star. Man, he was, I, I was seeing Ed Coda, you know what I mean? All them come through there, Raymond Fell, and I'm like, I get to meet Ty Lawson and Tyler Hansberg. I'm like, this is a dream come true for me. Dream school I love growing up. He did that. And I was like, I got something for him. All right, that's that's John Wall on Theo Pinson's podcast. Uh, do you think John Wall's embellishing a little bit? I have no idea. All I know is that Tyler Hansborough disputes that this actually Yeah, happened. he said it's 100% false, tweeted out. He's like, I'm sure uh, the Bank of Calipari had something to do with him showing up to Kentucky. Paraphrasing his tweet, but whatever. We'll get back to Tyler Hansborough's tweet in a second. There's, there's so many things to peel off in layers from John Wall's comments on this podcast. The hilarious one is that apparently NC State was too close to home, but Carolina wasn't, as though Chapel Hill isn't another state. It's on, or it's in the western part of the state. I know it's west of Raleigh, but not that far west. Like, yeah, I'd be hanging out with my guys. They can't make that 30-minute drive up to Chapel Hill to hang out with you? Is that what you're saying? That's interesting. I thought that was a little confusing. The way John Wall talks about a recruiting visit to North Carolina is yet another example of why Carolina wins a lot of recruiting battles, okay? You know, people wondered about Hubert Davis and whether or not he's going to recruit. Sometimes, this is not a knock on Hubert Davis. It's more of, it's 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 more praise to North Carolina in that when you go on a, on a visit and you see all these guys and you see the family. The actual family, yes. Yeah, man. It's really going to wrap things up. You know, I'll bring up Harrison Barnes. This is a conversation I had with Bomani Jones in A Brief History of Triangle Sports. That episode I aired last year. Go check it out wherever you get your podcast. And he does an excellent job laying out what it's like when Harrison Barnes went to UNC versus going to Duke. And why it's like, I think it was the, it was one of the years, it was the year where they actually brought Michael Jordan back. It was like they're honoring Dean Smith, all those other things going on, right? And it's like, how do you say no to that? It's easy to get caught up in that. So John Wall illustrates that point. 
Tyler Hansbro, though, Julio. This is one of those things where in this day and age, and we know how the game is played on both sides, the game is the game. Why are you bringing up the Bank of Calipari? I mean, come on, man. I, I think this is where you can praise Carolina. You can also not Carolina. You want to know why people end up rolling their eyes at things that Carolina does? It's because there's like a lack of self-awareness. Tyler Hansborough is going to be the one throwing some accusations about shadiness? Tyler Hansborough is. Given all the things that we talked about for 10 years. That's really? It's a lack of self-awareness that bugs some people in this case. Uh, yes. The less said about Tyler Hansborough and his mom, probably the better. Probably for the best. Yeah, probably for the best. We'll say this, though. I feel like we have to talk to Theo Pinson about this. It's almost like, did you not know this story? Are we so old that Theo Pinson's hearing about a recruiting story from, you know, 13 years ago that didn't make its way through the Carolina family? Right? Is is this... Have we crossed over truly into old-timer status where we're even talking about a 2009 thing? 2009 does not feel like it was that long ago in my head. Yet it was. <laughs> for, for some of these recruiting stories, it's like, man, that was a long time ago. Is it? To me, hearing about David Thompson recruiting stories was a long time ago. And I forget that we've got three to four different generations that have cycled through universities by now where this stuff is old. And I'm having a hard time processing that. Let's get to the top story of the day. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. NC State won last night. Carolina won last night. They meet on Saturday. Ah, yes. It's time to dust off the old sports talk radio trope. Who needs it more? We'll discuss next. Since so NC State got the win over Georgia Tech last night, Jillio, I know a lot of folks were looking at a game against Josh Pastner, which hasn't always gone well for Kevin Keats. Five and two, Josh Pastner against NC State before last night. And NC State stacked a couple nice wins. They beat Duke, they beat Miami, and this Georgia Tech game could be viewed as a trap game on the road. Not the case. Here's Kevin Keats, NC State head basketball coach, before they left to go get some ice cream and head back to Raleigh. Washington's got a lot of pride. I mean, I, I was um, I was really on him tonight. Uh, I didn't think we bought it like we had, you know, in the last three games. And they accepted coaching. Um, they handled it the right way. Uh, we found a way to win. And not only did we find a way to win, it's tough to win in the conference on the road. And to come in here and get a double-digit win when you don't play your eighth game, that's something I think we can build on. So that's Kevin Keats, head coach North uh, at NC State, uh, uh, with the win over Georgia Tech last night. Taquavion smith Gilio is going to get a lot of the attention. He put up another great game. But Jarkel Joyner also should get some love. The one thing that has been consistent in these close games, you got to make those free throws. Jarkel Joyner was 9 for 9 from the stripe. State overall was pretty good from the stripe. Georgia Tech was not. Tie it back to the Miami game. They had some big free throws down the stretch. This is good. This is a team that seems to be kind of finding its own and stacking the confidence going into Chapel Hill on Saturday, which can be a house of horrors for the Wolfpack. Yeah, this was a landmine game for NC State, and not only did they avoid it, I thought they were really in control of this game pretty much throughout. Yeah. And that's the way you have to be when you're a good team, and it's okay to say it. NC State has a good men's basketball team. I know it's been a minute since we've been able to say that, mm -hmm. but the truth of the matter is, 
with four straight wins. They have now matched last year's win total in the league. They're also up to number 25 in the net. So try to wrap your brain around this. <laughs> this game for North Carolina is a Q1 game, okay? But when Carolina comes to Raleigh the day after the outdoor game in February, mm. it's right now is not a Q1 game. So NC State above Carolina in the net right now. It's not even really close. It's kind of hard to believe given how we started this season with thinking, well, Kevin Keats is going to get fired. They're going to miss the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And North Carolina is number one, and they're just going to run roughshod into Houston and redeem team part two. They win the title again. Hasn't played out that way on either side. About North Carolina, and before we get to the actual matchup between the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels, which we'll have some more time to talk about as the week rolls on, they get the win over Boston College. I know you've mentioned that Boston College is a feisty team. Yeah, they're better than people want to give them credit for. Totally, totally agree with you on that. Whereas NC State has clearly improved, and the playing with a purpose as well. And the circumstances around Kevin Keats coming back, a lot of fans were not happy about it. But, hey, man, he's there. Make it work. And they're making it work. And Reshape the staff. Reshape the roster. They've done a great job. So that's paying off. The Tar Heels are basically the same. Whereas NC State has completely turned things around, the Tar Heels are the same. That's not a bad thing. It's just not what people expected this season. Carolina's a good basketball team with a good record, and they'll make the NCAA tournament. But they're clearly not this – it's funny, we were talking about 2009, the, the UNC team from 2009. You talk about the standard is the standard. Breathing fire, man. My gosh. Well, you go back to 05, same thing. You come back, you're here to win a championship, you breathe fire. That's pretty much what they did. And even in the 16-17 crossover, that redeem team, while it wasn't one of the more overwhelming all-timers of UNC basketball championship teams, they were clearly one of the best teams in college basketball throughout the year. That's where this team has failed to meet that expectation. That's not to say they can't make a run in the NCAA tournament, but I think finally things have kind of come back to the mean, including Caleb Love. And this is going to be the curious thing going forward. We know where North Carolina was at this point last year. They're in the exact same spot with the exact same record. 13-6, and 5-3 and three in the league. Caleb Love was better last year, though. The question is, can Caleb Love find his groove and understand his role in the offense going forward? And this is something that Hubert Davis is trying to love up here. Here's Hubert Davis, head coach of North Carolina, last night on talking about Caleb Love's game outside of the three-point shooting. I thought what gave us life was um, his defensive charge. That's what I thought gave us life. You know, one of the things that I've said a number of times is Caleb is a basketball player and all of our guys are, and that is, you know, you can make an impact in many different areas. It's not just scoring and shooting, it's distributing, it's playing defense, it's rebounding, it's uh, team chemistry, energy and effort, enthusiasm. Um, there's a number of ways that you can benefit a team and allow us to be the best that we can be, but I think, I mean, it was nice that he, you know, from an offensive standpoint, he made some, some shots down down the stretch. But to me, I thought the biggest play in the game was his defensive charge that he took um, um, late in the second half. So that's Hubert Davis on Caleb Love. We understand that if North Carolina is going to be at its best, they need all of their big three to perform. Armando Baycott doing his thing. I've been a big fan of how R.J. Davis has played all season long. 
To me, I think he's truly the leader of this Tar Heel squad. And then you've got the love roller coaster. Fire up the Ohio players. If you want to do the Red Hot Chili Peppers version, knock yourself out. But it's the love roller coaster right now. And if we just focus on January on, let's get to this year on, one of seven against Wake. This is from three-point. One of seven against Wake Forest. Three of six against Notre Dame. Three of nine in a loss to Virginia. Three of seven to Louisville. I'm sorry, zero of seven, zero of seven from uh, from three, and then two of ten from three. Yeah, twenty seven percent for this season. His three point shot has been off. That's where he was back in uh, back his freshman ago. year. Yeah, I, I think Saturday you'll probably see a little bit different three point shooting effort from Caleb Love. Aha! Which gets us to Saturday. We got a we got a tweet last night from our friend. Doc Kennedy. Doc Heel Fire on Twitter. He's one of the originators of the Tar Heel blog, the SB Nation website. Him and Brian Barber started that site up. Did a great job. So, Doc, at one point last night, this was at halftime when when the shooting vibes were off for the Tar Heels against Boston College. He had tweeted out, hey, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Um, You got any of that stuff? He tweets, hey, Jillio, hey, Ovius. Can you guys burn some sage or go to you know go do some uh, pour out some stuff in the Smith Center parking lot to help Caleb Love break out of this funk? And I simply responded like this: We have a special herb called versus NC State that should work on Saturday for the Tar Heels. They're honoring a championship team. Yeah, they got the bingo card going. Right, they got all the Roy's going to be there swag surfing with Wanda. All the things that you need that North Carolina fans know will break whatever slump their key players need to get out of. State's there for you. And I'm not saying anything NC State fans aren't nodding their head along going, yep, we've seen this movie before. They need the Q1 win, too. Carolina does. That's the And part. the confidence, probably. And, and that gets back to the central question. If I, if I told you, Carolina right now, 5-3 and three in the league, if I yeah. tell you they go 9-3 and three the rest of the way, would you be surprised? I, I, I feel like they have that type of run in them. But it has to start Saturday. It has to start with some confidence on Saturday, too. Why do they need more confidence, though? That's the thing. Because they're obviously not playing their best. They've they've diddled around with a lot of games. The Boston College was in the Boston College win was indicative of how they've played this season. It is, yes. You know, you're at home. Hello, have you, you played have we, to have, win the game? Have we stopped to consider that this is just who they are? Well, you know what? Last year it was unlocked when Brady Manick got more minutes and really became the bus driver of that team. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see something similar to that. Maybe it is Armando Baker all the way. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I do it. think they need a healthy Pete Nance. Yeah, that would obviously help. He doesn't sure. need to be Brady Manic, but he needs to be healthy and on the floor. Mm-hmm. I still think they can get more out of both Puff Johnson and Seth Campbell. I, th- I think those are two guys that they're just not getting enough out of consistently. Like I, to me, the the further along we get with this, I think we just have to accept the Trimble. Excuse me, Seth, Seth Trimble. Trimble. This is just who they are. This is who they are. It's who they were last year. Before things went on, this awesome hot run. Yeah, but you saw what they could be. We haven't seen yet what this team can be. When Manic stepped up, you were like, okay, that's who they could be. Kind of like Daniel Jones in the playoffs. You now know what Daniel Jones can be, mm-hmm. right? We didn't see, we didn't know that before. Yeah. So once Manic stepped up, okay, this is who yeah. you can be. Right now, we don't know how good Carolina can be. It's got, nope. it's, got, it's got Jillio. There's no radio edit for this, sir. It's got you a little worried here. That's why you have the instrumental Woo-hoo. version. Wow. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. 
<laughs> Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. I know how to keep it clean. Some of us don't curse on radio shows. Jillio. Yeah, so um the struggle's real. So you did a uh, you did a hit with Sirius XM this morning with I did. Ralph Russo and Chris Patola. I did. What were you talking about? We're talking about NC State basketball, North Carolina basketball. Then we started talking about NC State football. Yeah. And we were talking about uh, Ralph wanted Ralph works for the Associated Press, wanted to know if I was surprised that mm-hmm. you know they're bringing Brendan Armstrong in and he, he he was impressed with MJ Morris this year. Sure. And so I was explaining to him, you know, kind of my frustration about NC State not really, you know, doing a great job PR-wise with this, but also just, you know, this is how it might work out. Maybe MJ can redshirt now, mm-hmm. the year that he couldn't this year. And, he, and I said, blank, he would even have three years after that, not realizing I wasn't just talking to Ralph sure. and Chris yeah, that was on their radio program. And then awkward pause, and Chris goes, repeats the word, and he goes, it's okay, you, you can say that, we're on satellite radio mm-hmm. and i was like oh okay i said i won't bad mouth your sponsors i'll only break one of the cardinal rules of radio for, your, for this program here's today. the other thing you don't have to worry about that on sirius xm either because well, they don't they have sponsors at all no okay it's a subscription based so there are no rules that no, i can there break are, there are no, other than talking yeah. bad about sirius right if you went on there <laughs> if i said anything about howard stern or sirius sure. that would be a problem if you but, went on there and you said mad dog radio sucks and it'll never get my money you know like i only get the free subscriptions and stuff like that then they, they maybe would never invite you on but again. the thing is i was on the phone i'm out in front yeah. of my yard i'm like dawdling around when I'm in the studio here, I'm in front of a microphone. I know exactly where I am, and I know the two rules that you can't break. Mm-hmm. Don't curse. I just happened to break one of them today. Don't talk bad about the sponsors. It's real simple, man. It's real simple. I might get you to curse on radio if I tell you that Matt Canada is coming back for another season of Pittsburgh Steelers football. You know, Mike Tomlin this year proved that he could not have a losing record with Matt Canada. So apparently that wasn't good enough. Now he wants to make the playoffs with Matt Canada Fair as enough. the play caller. As uh, as I was reading this story this afternoon from Brooke Pryor about Matt Canada returning as the Steelers offensive coordinator, do you think as Brooke, our friend, was typing all this out, she was just thinking the entire time, oh my goodness, Jillio is going to think this is hilarious. Pretty much, because we had a bet, too, so I still owe her some Starbucks. Yeah. Because I thought Mike Tomlin would have so little time for Matt Canada, they would eventually fire him. Now, you know how Matt Canada works, though. Once he's fired from the Steelers, he will be the coach who replaces Bill Belichick. Oh, easily. Because he has to fall up every time. Every single time. Every single time. Uh, Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys seem to have picked up some kicker insurance. That was smart. (laughs) if, uh, If Brett Maher continues to miss point after attempts. Uh, in the divisional round against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, according to Todd Archer, who covers the Steelers or covers the Cowboys for ESPN, they will sign Tristan Vizcano to the practice squad as insurance. Okay. Well, you have to suit him up too. Yeah, you do have to suit him up. If I if I read if I read the points differential correctly, I don't think Brett Maher's kicking ability at least the point after attempt thing that became the meme from the weekend. I don't think it's going to be a factor. The Cowboys haven't been in close games this year. It hasn't come back. It hasn't come down to like a point or two. So either they're going to leave your mouth. uh, I know. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying, I say that now. (laughs) I also don't think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to play around 
with uh, you know the they the, did in the first half against Seattle. So we'll see what they learn. That's that's kind of the thing that I'll be curious to find out this weekend in the divisional rounds. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are mistake prone. That's just who they are. Is that going to bite them in the ass against a Bengals team that is, as you pointed out yesterday, banged up on the offensive line. Um, sure, sure, it would be nice to have Von Miller in this game. That's it, for sure. It would, it would. But as you also pointed out, the Bengals defensively has been kind of the unsung hero here. Yep. Can they take advantage of that with Josh Allen, who is going to be good for turning the ball over at some point? But then again, I'm the idiot that thought that Dak Prescott was going to throw some more interceptions against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played a clean game. But can he do that against and a— he ran more. Can they do that against a Niners defense, yeah. which is infinitely better than what they saw in Tampa Bay? I like the matchups. You know, you got Giants-Eagles for the third time. We mm-hmm. get the Bengals-Bills game that we didn't get. And even Jacksonville, you know, with their big comeback, they're seeing Kansas City for the second time. Doug Peterson's a really good coach. 